Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Recreational marijuana has been legalized in New York, and while residents can now possess weed and even smoke it in public, complications and delays associated with opening state-approved dispensaries has made it difficult to purchase legally. The state made it very clear from the beginning that when marijuana, when weed was legalized in New York, they wanted to focus on social equity, and they wanted to focus on the communities that had been most impacted by the war on drugs, by cannabis prohibition, you know, whatever you want to call it. They said that the first licenses that were going to be issued for recreational dispensaries were going to be through, it's called the CARD program. The guidelines dictate that the dispensaries must be owned by equity entrepreneurs with a prior cannabis-related criminal offense in New York. They were going to issue 300, and they said that they got about 900 applications. Of those, nine dispensaries have opened so far in the state of New York. That's not to say that there are no Staten Island card license holders. Mm -hmm. Just none have opened here yet. Welcome to the Staten Island Advances from the Scene, a podcast bringing you an inside look at the biggest stories on Staten Island with the reporters who cover them. I'm your host, Eric Bascom, and this week I'm joined by Staten Island Advance public interest and advocacy reporter Kristen Dalton to discuss the state of recreational marijuana in New York and the upcoming opening of Staten Island's first dispensary. Thanks for joining me today, Kristen. It's always a pleasure having you on, and I'm excited to talk about this topic that you and I actually discussed a few years ago on like a smaller kind of mini podcast series that we did at the Advance when our neighbors in New Jersey were in the process of legalizing weed. It feels like a long time ago, doesn't it? It does. I was going to say, I, I vaguely remember that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here and talk about, um, you know, what's been going on with the state and where, you know, where we're at and what that means um, for Staten Island. Yeah, I mean, I think it was over five, maybe six years ago at this point. It, it does feel like a long time. We did kind of like this whole mini series of like the United States of Weed. There's some podcast episodes out there. We had some reporters go out to Oregon, I think, and work with our sister site oh, on, yeah. on some of the content out there. And so uh, we've been on the on the weed beat for a while now, and it's nice to be uh, back on it in our home state. So let's talk about New York and, and just kind of the timeline for, for legalizations dating back to kind of the medicinal. And then, you know, that was obviously very limited. You could only have uh, certain types of thing. You couldn't really have flour or, or anything like that. And then expanding into recreational. Can you can you kind of walk us through that? Yeah. So medicinal marijuana was legalized in July of 2014. Uh, Cuomo was governor. He signed that. And 
when the medical program rolled out, it was very restrictive, if not, you know, one of the most restrictive programs in the state. The qualifying conditions list was um, was pretty small. I mean, it covered the the really, really big things. So when you talk about people who have terminal cancer and really, really severe medical conditions and on a lot of cases, end of life care, right? So that's what qualified at that time. And it was not smokable. So, you know, tinctures, oils, things like that. Over the years, the program expanded a bit more. Um, there were more qualifying medical conditions, more like quality of life things, like people who have severe migraines, for example, right? That's not a terminal illness, but it's certainly something that impacts somebody's quality of life right. on a day-to-day -day basis. So. That expanded, and then in 2021, Cuomo signed the bill that legalized recreational weed in New York State. Yeah, and so so that's what I want to talk about, and just kind of some of the, the logistics and, and kind of digging into that legislation. And it's one thing to say, okay, weed is legal now, right? But, but what does that mean exactly? There's obviously still limitations on certain things. So can you walk us through some of kind of the highlights in terms of like... How much weed can you have on you? Can you smoke it in public? Are you allowed to do waxes and oils, things like that, uh, growing at the house, uh, you know, that kind of stuff? Right. So when it was first legalized, when that bill was first signed by Cuomo, there really wasn't a ton of guidance, like you're, you know, saying. But the, the state really wasn't 100% sure of exactly how it was all going to work. They still needed to start the office, you know, the state office of cannabis management and elect people to the cannabis control board that would then go on to make all of these regulations. And just like a lot of other things in the city and the state, once regulations are proposed, they go through a public comment period, then it goes back to the state, then things are finalized, they're voted on. So that took a bit of time. Um, and actually, that was one of the things that I mean, at the time, Cuomo had other things going on in his life, um, <laughs> but he was criticized a lot for signing this legislation and then basically not doing anything for like six or eight months, basically, until he resigned. Like, didn't appoint any board members, didn't do anything. But once all of that, you know, Hochul came into office, became governor, she really said, you know, I want to do this as soon as possible. And very quickly we had guidelines, you know, that were set up. So the way it works now, adults 21 and older um, can possess on their person, right? Up to three ounces of flour or up to 24 grams of concentrate. Um, so vape pens, oils, tinctures, things like that. On their person, in their car, right? But anything more than that, there would be the you know, it's against the law. There would be right. like legal, you know, ramifications for that. Um, and as far as consumption, weed can be consumed in pretty much anywhere that tobacco smoke is permitted. So if you could smoke cigarettes there, there's a very good possibility that weed smoking is now also legal. The, the exceptions are usually like school zones, um, you know, parks, beaches, boardwalks, things like that. But everywhere else is kind of fair game yeah and you know the the parks and beaches those 
recently, I mean, not recently, but a few years ago as well, tobacco, you can't smoke there either. So right. from what I understand, it really is anywhere you can smoke a cigarette, you can smoke weed, which I think is interesting in, in, to some degree because you see sometimes out in New York City now, you know, just on the sidewalk, people smoking weed, which like not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but then there's people walking by with their stroller and their kid and their dog and their whatever. And so it's like, it's come to this point where it's like a I think for a lot of people it's like a common courtesy thing maybe or you you you, you know dip off to, to the side right you you wait to hit it until people walk past but it's just interesting to me that it was uh, when I heard that they were legalizing weed in, in New York and and that you were gonna be able to smoke you were gonna be able to possess it I did not think that it was gonna be you could just smoke it in public anywhere you right. say that I think that that was kind of took people by surprise it's a big adjustment for sure I mean even even if you're somebody who consumes cannabis whether you smoke it or you eat edibles just like you said just walking down the street and you know it's common now to just pass somebody who's got a joint in their mouth or whatever you know and all the time and that's just that's the new norm and it really it really did go from like zero to 100 to like this is absolutely not allowed and we'll get you arrested so like this is totally fine do whatever you want like just don't bother anybody else yeah but but again i think a lot of it is like you said common courtesy like if you see somebody just you know walking by with kids or whatever just like move to the side hold it behind you seeing it like blowing exactly smoke in their face you know you don't want to be rude about it but you're right in terms of how quickly it kind of changed here because i think it's funny like you said it took them a while to really implement the exact guidelines of what it was going to look like but as soon as people heard that it was legal you could just walk through the streets and you would be obviously staten island's a little bit different but if you're in brooklyn you're in manhattan you're in some of those other more densely populated areas i mean i I go to the barclays center all the time for games concerts all those kinds of things fifth avenue every single block got someone smoking weed on it as you're walking down and so and that was as soon as it became legal even if we didn't know exactly what was legal right uh so i thought that that's kind of interesting but it really has kind of shifted the the culture in that way um and those are also like some of the most clear guidelines too right everything is like three ounces 24 grams this that the the New Yorkers were like, heard you can smoke outside and like immediately went outside and smoked. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like very clear, right? To the point, I'm going to go outside and light up. I don't have to do it like hunched over mm-hmm. in my backyard, hiding away from like the public. Hiding from your neighbors, so right. hoping that they don't call the cops on you. Yeah. Uh, what about growing weed? Can you grow weed at home right now? Or is that still something that's kind of up in the air? So adults in New York, same thing. Whenever they say adults, it applies to 21 and over. Mm -hmm. Um, You can grow up to six plants at home for personal use, three mature plants and three immature plants. It's said that like those rules are subject to change. I haven't really seen um, anything else that said whether or not it was. It said it was going to be implemented later on. Right. But I haven't heard they, as far as I know, they have not changed like those guidelines at all. We'll be right back. The Mayor of Maple Avenue is a powerful multi-part podcast about Sean Sinisey, a victim of former Penn State football coach Jerry Sandusky, who was arrested 10 years ago for numerous child sexual abuse charges. The podcast series is written and hosted by Pulitzer Prize winning reporter Sarah Gannam, who takes listeners into the world of addiction rehabilitation where society can be quick to celebrate the consequences for abusers while not addressing the needs of their victims. Subscribe now to The Mayor of Maple Avenue wherever you get your podcasts. 
So let's talk a little bit about the dispensaries, which is something that I mentioned in the open there where, you know, we have legalized weed now for, you know, a a while. I mean, I guess technically two years, but the guidelines took a little longer uh, to come through. But there's still really not many dispensaries open yet because there's been this whole complicated process and only certain people can apply to open dispensaries uh, early on. Um, So can you just kind of walk us through some of that and and some of the issues that they've had in in terms of uh, getting these up and running? Right. So the state made it very clear from the beginning that when when marijuana, when weed was legalized in New York, they wanted to focus on social equity and they wanted to focus on the communities that had been most impacted by the war on drugs, by cannabis prohibition, you know, whatever you want to call it. So they said that the first licenses that were going to be issued for recreational dispensaries we're going to be through, it's called the CARD program, Conditional Adult Use Recreational Dispensary. Those were the license. And that those license, the guidelines dictate that the dispensaries must be owned by equity entrepreneurs with a prior cannabis-related criminal offense in New York. So if you got arrested in another state, but you live here now, it doesn't count, right? So it had to be in New York. Initially, they said that they were only going to issue 150 of those licenses. A few months ago, they announced that they were doubling it. So instead of 150, they were going to issue 300. And they said that they got about 900 applications just for those 300 licenses. Of those, nine dispensaries have opened so far in the state of New York. Three are upstate and the rest are in Manhattan. All in Manhattan, <laughs> not on Staten Island yet, right? Because that's another thing that I know that you've been really reporting on and covering, uh, just trying to get this first one, <laughs> you know, what's gonna happen when this first one opens here. Yeah, so uh, the, so it's when I say the state, it's the State Office of Cannabis Management, OCM, they have actually been getting a lot of criticism because four or five of those dispensaries are in like a three mile radius. Like they're all like within walking distance of each other in Manhattan. Oh, I'm sorry, one of the, well, there's one in the Bronx, the rest are in Manhattan. Yeah, so they're like all in the same area. So there's none in Staten Island, there's none in Brooklyn, there's none in Queens. Everything so far is in Manhattan, mm-hmm. unlike a stretch. Yeah, so you're not really covering uh, a large <laughs> no. piece of the city there. And that, that's not to say that there are no Staten Island card license holders. Mm-hmm. Just none have opened here yet. So far, for whatever reason, the only ones that have opened so far have been the ones in Manhattan and then that one in the Bronx. Yeah, and so you had done some reporting on one uh, on Staten Island that we thought was going to be opening relatively soon, but there it, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case anymore. They had hoped to, uh, on the South Shore, right, to open by Memorial Day, but now we're only, you know, a couple weeks out from that, and it doesn't seem as though they're really uh, in shape to, to keep to that timeline. So can you talk to us a little bit about some of the complications that they've had? So I'm not going to give everything away because okay. I'm going to make you guys read my article because I'm still working on it. Sure but thing. what we do know so far is that the owner um this license holder um of a proposed dispensary in charleston on the south shore went in front of the community board back in march and you know made himself available for questioning he said hi you know i was granted a license this is the location that i am leasing i'm working with the state to open it and that was it you know he made himself available for questions 
he did get a lot. Some people weren't too thrilled about it. But since then, I've been in touch with him and he said, you know, that they're just still waiting on some stuff from the state in regards to the location because the state literally has to approve every single step of the process, you know, so you get your application, you know, you fill out the application, you get awarded your license, you look for a location, the state has to approve the location. Then, you know, you get your construction company, you know, you get designed the build out, the state has to approve that. Then they start the construction. Once that's done, again, it needs more approval. So he said he was still waiting on some paperwork, but a lot of it's just up in the air. What he does know is that it's unfortunately not going to be open by Memorial Day like he had initially hoped. Gotcha, yeah. And and so it sounds like there's really just a lot of uh, bureaucratic red tape to get yeah. through these things, as we as is often the case, especially in your uh, area of reporting, right? I feel like everything that you write about yeah. is really just, it's being held up by the state for X, Y, and Z. Definitely. And I, I think that, not that I, I, I am or I'm not cutting the state any slack, just in general, though, in, in regards to this, I mean, we're talking about a program that is brand new, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I know that uh, a lot of people that were involved in writing this legislation and the people on the board, you know, they went to other states, they looked at how their recreational programs were being run and then used that and the social equity concept to really outline how New York was going to do things. But at the end of the day, this is still a brand new state agency. I mean, the state agency only is, what, two years old now, right? So we're talking about a brand new state agency, a brand new program that's statewide, um, a lot of different agencies within that one agency doing different things for the first time. So I think some red tape, I don't know if red tape, but I guess um, some delays were definitely to be expected here. Mm -hmm. um, but it certainly seems that some things could have been avoided <laughs> right you know i think it's i think it's a mix of both i think it's you know there's a learning curve here and then also like eh, you guys really didn't see that coming like yeah maybe, we couldn't you know, expedite that nonsense right like did they have to jump through so many hoops like did you know like i the process definitely could have been shortened a little bit yeah and so our, our colleague Paul Leota also had an article uh, come out Wednesday talking about another new uh, dispensary that's uh, supposed to be opening. This one more on the North Shore. Well, I guess it's in Myers Corner, North Shore, Mid Island. It's always kind of in between. But if you know where the tanning loft is on Victory Boulevard, right over by Victory and Jewett, there's going to be one there. They also kind of sent out the, uh, you know, they had the owner and operator uh, at a community board meeting recently to talk to, to some, you know, field some questions, talk to some people. Um, and, and I don't know if you've ever, uh, you know, been to any of these weed dispensaries in other states, right? Because obviously in New York, we're really only have a few operating, but some other states in the nearby and, you know, the Northeast. I've been in Nevada and Las Vegas. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And, you know, there's some up in Maine and Massachusetts, things like that. And right. so uh, I think it's interesting just for our listeners who don't really know what this is like. And obviously it varies depending on where you are. But I was blown away by the, you know, 
what it was like in there and it was very official everyone they, they had their little butt tenders they called them which are baristas <laughs> you go up to the counter they give you a menu you mm-hmm. get to look through all the different things that they have you go around they have you know obviously different smokables things that you can uh smoke things out of they have edibles they have uh vape pens they have all this different stuff but it, it doesn't give off the feel of you know uh it's a much different experience. It's, it's not what you think a weed dispensary is going to be. Right, exactly. I have to it say, it's very sterile. The one that I was in, like, you know, it's very Apple Store. It is exactly that. That's it's that's very the same Apple impression store. that I got. even right down to like the point of sale computers where like everybody's using iPads now and they'll literally R- flip it over, flip to it around. Right? But it is, yeah. And I have to say, just. Um, and it's interesting because in um, in Nevada and Las Vegas, the two dispensaries that I went to, one was on an Indian reservation. Oh, interesting. And one was not. Mm-hmm. So one is controlled by the state and the other one is not. Oh, um, I wonder, I wonder and there's no taxes one. when you go to the Indian reservation. Yes. All right, so there's no taxes. But it was very it was a very different experience into what you're saying. The one on the Indian reservation was a lot more um laid back like walking into a bodega like everybody was not dressed in uniform and they still had like you know an ipad but they had product actually out in cases for you to see they would show it to you whereas the one the state controlled dispensary and that's how things right everything's in the back room there's pictures there's menus there's ipads that you can look at the only thing really on display was um, like pipes and papers and and things like that, but like none of the actual product, none of the actual exactly. flower. So it, it it is. It's it's two very very different experiences, but the ones that are opening, yeah, are are sterile. Like not what you think you're experience is going to be like right and you mentioned that the the one on the indian reservation was almost like kind of walking into a a bodega and that's something that you know the city of the state has been struggling with recently (laughs) is right now you could walk into pretty much any bodega or vape shop in new york city and also buy weed illegally of course and they advertise it yeah yeah. big signs out front yeah the the names on some of them are like making it very clear what they have available there yeah some of them have kind of like a a back curtain that they pull up and then everything's there (laughs) but then there's other ones like you say who just have it out yeah in front of people and like it's in the display Mm -hmm. which is like a really brazen and and kind of reckless in that way and these people are of course selling that stuff because while uh, the product is legal right but they're not licensed to sell it so they're illegally selling a legal product which is this whole weird thing and so the state and the city are obviously trying to kind of crack down on this because because they want their tax money right Right. the weed is going to be heavily taxed when it's coming from the dispensaries i'm not sure exactly what the the tax rate is on that i can pull that up i actually did something i did something on that where i compared all all the different states the states where it was legal yeah hold on i can get you yeah no worries but i just think that you know obviously we've seen things uh, our colleague joseph ostapiuk has taken some uh taken some tours with the sheriff's uh, <laughs> office where they have gone and busted up some of the busted up is a strong term but you know how you know how people talk yeah anyway they go in there <laughs> they seize all their product they give them a, a fine or a summons or they, in some cases i think they're liable to shut them down um and so uh, you know this has obviously been a big thing now but it 
it, there's so much of it that I really don't know that they can shut them all down. Because like I said, you could walk into a hundred different places and find this probably just on Staten Island and then you move to other boroughs and it's even, even right. more than that. So I think for a lot of these um, people, it's it's worth the risk from them. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they kind of factor the the fine or the, you know, let's say that they get raided, whatever, their product is seized. Um, They're making, in a lot of cases, a lot of money and kind of just factor that into the cost of doing business, right? The same way that like trucking companies factor, you know, fines and tows and all of that. Double parking tickets. Right, just into the cost of doing business and it doesn't really hurt them that much. And I think that that is a lot of what's happening here that you know these these people are just like well you know we know we're going to make money we know that there's a market for it it's worth the risk right even if we have to close down for a week and then set up shop again somewhere else oh to answer your question new york 13 percent tax on retail weed sales nine percent of which goes to the state and 4% goes to the local government where that dispensary is located. Oh, you know what? That's actually not as high of a percentage as I thought it might be. Um, so initially 20% was proposed. Oh, gotcha. See, but it wound up it wound up being 13. But you yeah. know what? I think that they probably had to lower it because they know that if it is that high that people are just going to go to the bodega or they're going to go to their It's not well, here's the other thing. It's not like people who sold weed for for years and years and years just disappeared. You can still hit up your weed guy. Like right. that's the thing right. that they doesn't want you to know. <laughs> but like that is definitely still an option as well. And I wanted to talk a little bit about another option which uh is kind of like you know, up and coming now with the legalization, which is the weed delivery services, which I think is interesting. I think you've done a little bit of reporting on that. So can you tell us just kind of uh, what that process is like? And if there are any that are currently operating on Staten Island, like, could I get weed delivered to my house tonight if I wanted to? Not yet. Well, not legally from like the well, weed guy, yeah, maybe. Right, right. Like if That's you have the different. weed guy who comes to your house, sure. But not legally. Um, so New York actually approved weed delivery before the first retail dispensary even opened. Interesting. Um, And a lot of that is because, and and this is kind of the same issue that a lot of license holders are having now, that there's just a shortage of retail locations where these dispensaries can open because they have to follow very strict guidelines. It has to be... You know, less than or more than 200 feet from a house of worship or 500 feet from a daycare or a a school, a community center. It can't be within X amount of feet of another dispensary. Right. So if the state is looking at another location, it, you know, one can't open up there. So there's just been a hard time getting retail locations. So the state was like, well, we're going to approve um delivery in new york and there's a separate set of guidelines and regulations that the deliveries you know delivery companies license holders have to follow in regards to delivery but they kind of saw this as a way is getting things up and running so they said if you have if you are a license holder and you have a warehouse you don't have a retail location yet but you have a warehouse where you have your product isn't you can deliver but you know um 
the delivery cars have to have GPS. They have to be able to be tracked. You know, they have to follow a very strict process to verify IDs. All the information has to be input on a website. Then your ID gets approved. Then you can place your order. Then somebody who who is delivering it, the actual delivery person, will have a point of sale ID scanner that's oh, connected to the state database that approved your that you are the person that you are the person you say you are when you place this order right, and then they scan it again. No cash, right? It has to be on the debit card, but it can't be on a credit card, right? Because credit cards are regulated federally by banks and weed is still oh, illegal federally. So, so you can only debit. pay debit or cash, but not for delivery deliveries. Just so just debit only. Interesting. No visa gift card. <laughs> no, no visa gift card. So, but that has not happened on Staten Island yet. Yeah. As far as I know. Gotcha. And I haven't heard of um, actually, that's a lie. The The first dispensary that opened up Housing Works Cannabis Company in Manhattan on December 29th of last year, 2022, they said that they were going to have delivery and they were the first one that was up and running. I don't actually know if they're delivering yet. I don't think they would deliver to Staten Island from Manhattan. Mm. Um, but I do remember them specifically saying that they were going to have delivery. Yeah, and so that that's obviously an interesting new wrinkle of it, especially now we're living in a world where you can get anything delivered to your home at any time between DoorDash, Uber Eats, like Grubhub, whatever it might be, right. whatever your uh, delivery service of choice is, but you can get anything from, you know, meals to groceries to alcohol to, you know, right. medicine and, and, you know, all this different stuff. So this will be just the, the latest addition to that. Um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit, you did uh, an article recently about some of the new regulations that they added. And while some of them weren't, you know, super sexy necessarily, there were a couple that stood out to me. One, this one, obviously not as big of a deal, but the fact that they can kind of now co-locate these facilities where you have a medical and a recreational facility at the same location. But then more so than that, the one that really interested me, interested me was the on-site consumption mm -hmm. and the fact that these dispensaries are going to be able to have areas where people can consume their product uh, on the property. And it reminds me a little bit more of like what you think of with the, like you're going to Amsterdam and they have the coffee shops right. and like, around <laughs> smoking joints at the table and, and all that. So I'm curious kind of your thoughts on, on some of those new rules. I think it's interesting um, because it totally changes the experience of going mm -hmm. to the dispensary. Right. A lot of people and especially right now, you know, for good reason, um, you know, you go to the dispensary, buy what you got to buy and go home and you consume it there. Right. Same thing like going to the liquor store. You go to the liquor store, you don't start doing don't shots. No. Right. You don't start doing shots in aisle Hopefully. six. Like, <laughs> you know, you bring it home safely and, and then and then you drink it home safely. So I do think it's just the idea in general of on-site consumption. Um is interesting and complicated because you're then talking about people consuming something that could impair them their ability to get home their ability yeah. to get home That's a good right point. so like are people is everybody taking an uber to a dispensary yeah. right and then there's also some argument where like a like a, a breathalyzer test to drinking a limit right you can have a shot mm -hmm. of 
your liquor of choice and still be under the threshold where you're legally allowed to get in your car and drive home. Mm-hmm. So if somebody takes one hit off of a joint or a bong or eats a very, very, very low-dosed edible, where is that threshold, you know, that they're then going to leave the dispensary and drive home? But at the same time, like, if, you know, you're taking an Uber there and, you know, like, you buy something and you want to test it out before you leave, and if you really like it, you go buy more. You're obviously right about the, the the concerns associated with like people getting home safely and if you're driving to the dispensary and all of that kind of stuff. And so I, I just thought it was interesting because I had not uh, heard or, or, or really anticipated that being something that they were looking at adding here. But uh, Right. And I've yet to, to actually go to a dispensary in any state where there was on-site consumption. Yeah, oh, I haven't seen it either. Um, so I I can't speak to like, you know, what the what other states are doing like do they have a security guard there that's watching everybody like, "Hey buddy, yeah. <laughs> you're not getting in your yeah, car, yeah. you know, you got to call an Uber like what are what are the rules?" Like I don't, you know, I don't I don't know how that works in other states, but that has been a big issue that I've heard um from some other people is the whole driving while impaired aspect of it. Yeah, absolutely. And so one last thing I wanted to touch on before we go, I'm curious just kind of, cause you've been reporting on this for a while now, you're kind of our main person on this uh, this topic. So I'm wondering what you've been hearing from the community in terms of like when you're covering these meetings or if, you know, sometimes we get people who reach out to us via email after we publish an article. And so I'm curious kind of what the what the residents are thinking, if we've been getting some pushback or anything there. And then separately, I feel like I haven't really heard a whole lot from the elected officials on this, like the Staten Island electeds. Do they do they have any big, big thoughts, any any concerns, any are are they in favor of it? Are they against it? I I feel like I haven't really heard them making a lot of noise. about it. So our elected officials are not thrilled about this. Not that I've heard. There were represent like the community board meetings that I've been through. There were some representatives from some politicians offices who all basically said, like, you know, we're not happy about this, but we're city. That was a state thing. We didn't have say in it. So now what we can do is just make sure that people are following the rules. And like you said, like just being courteous and that all rules and regulations are being followed. The community is is split. I think a lot of it comes from, I don't know if ignorance is the right word, but either being misinformed or not having a ton of information about what's going on. Right. A lot of the people that are in opposition are a lot older and have been told their whole life, you know, weed is just as bad as heroin, right? Like <laughs> it's, 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 just, you know, it's on the controlled substance list. It, has no medicinal purposes and just refuse to to think otherwise. It's like the madness stuff. No, that's that's exactly what it is. And they're very set in their ways and their beliefs. And then you have other people that are like, well, I don't want to smoke weed, but if you want to smoke weed, like, go for it. Just don't Mm -hmm. blow it in my face. Like, exactly. And don't really care. And then you have people that are very much in favor of it. Um, but the last community board meeting that I went to when this license holder from the dispensary, proposed dispensary in Charleston, 
there were a lot of people that were very angry um, at the thought of kids smoking weed. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard as well. Even when the uh, when one of the medicinal one on New York Lane was opening years ago, I went to a community board meeting and everyone was like, think about the children. The- right. Here's my thing, right? If the kids are going to smoke weed, kids are going to smoke weed. Truly. Like we said, the weed man is still there. Right. The weed man is still there. They're not going to go into a dispensary where weed is significantly more expensive and heavily regulated and, and right. you need the id like i don't think they're taking fake ids at the dispensary right so like they're not going to the dispensary they're calling harry who comes to their house on like a skateboard with a backpack and like giving them a dime bag like do they still sell dime bags? I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> you know, but like that's... Right. So like if the kids are going to sit the same way, like the kids are going to drink underage, like they're a 13... Not that the 13. You get the point. Absolutely. An underage person isn't going to really try and go in a liquor store to buy liquor. They're going to ask so-and-so's older brother or sister or swipe it from like their parents' cabinet that they only go into on the holidays yeah, and or maybe don't know they'll take their parents stash because the parents will be the ones at the dispensaries <laughs> right so it was the, the, a lot of people are like but the kids and then the other thing is also as i mentioned the driving right people yeah, are concerned how because there is no breathalyzer for weed mm-hmm any tests that you take show positive, even if you did it once three months ago, right? Because weed takes just so, so long to, to come out system, of your system. Yeah. There's no way to really show that somebody is actively high. It's gonna be like, how red are your eyes? <laughs> right. How? So the cops and <laughs> you know the cops have been saying like, we just use our judgment. Does the person smell like weed? Are they slurring their words? Are their eyes red? Is did they get pulled over and there's a joint in the ashtray that's like on their dashboard, you know, yeah. like that kind of stuff. So that's also a concern too. But, you know, you've got advocates and people who consume weed. Well, do you do you get mad when a liquor store opens mm-hmm. in your neighborhood? Like, Yeah, even if you don't drink. Right, you know, even, even if you drink. Are you protesting the liquor stores? Are you standing outside of bars? So uh, I understand the concern, but a lot of people are just calling out the hypocrisy. You know, like some guy was like, oh, you know, when I was at the community board meeting, he like stood up and he was like, if you smoke weed, you're a loser. <laughs> and somebody was like, well, like. Got a lot of losers you, in New York now. Right, like you don't come home after a day of work and have a glass of wine or like have a beer or have a drink. <laughs> like, why is this any different? Yeah. Totally. And I think what you led with on that uh, on that topic is right in that you're always going to have people who are in favor of it, people who are against it and people who are like, well, it doesn't really affect me. So I don't really care either. Just be safe. Right. I don't care. Just be safe and don't bother me. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Kristen. It's always great having you on to chat. Yes, I am happy to be here and share what I know. And like I said, there's going to be hopefully an update this Saturday. So a day after you're listening to this, hopefully <laughs> I will have more information on what's going on with Staten Island, but I'm happy to come back anytime. Sounds good. Thank you <laughs> so much. Thank you for listening to the Staten Island advances from the scene. If you like what you've heard, please make sure to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit silive.com for the latest on all these stories and more.
Thank you for supporting local journalism.